0: I'm stopped at a traffic light in the college town where I live. It's a recently renovated intersection, an expanse of new and very white concrete, about 100 feet square, six lanes crossing four plus right and left turns. One corner is occupied by a Walgreens. Kitty corner, there's a CVS. They seem evenly matched. But the Walgreens parking lot has two or three times as many cars as the CVS lot. I don't know why. Walgreens is open 24 hours a day, but can that explain the difference? It's a puzzle. A third corner is occupied by a bank built a few years ago on the site of an old gas station and low-rent convenience store. I forget the bank's name, but I have an excuse. This town of 150,000 people has at least 15 banks, many with several branches. It must not take a lot of money to open a bank. Because I saw this bank, under construction and, with the exception of the vault... It's a balloon-framed wood building faced with brick and trimmed with synthetic stone. Apart from the tower adorned with a nearly illegible clock, the building might be mistaken from where I'm stopped for a new house. The fourth corner is more unusual. It's occupied by a freestanding dentist's office, built to look like a small-town railway station in the Old West. It has another tower and another clock, but beneath the clock there's a sign stating the elevation to the hundredth of a foot. "'The owner, it seems, is a serious railway buff. "'In front of the building there's even a full-sized wooden model "'of a funnel-stacked wood-burning locomotive. "'There used to be a restaurant on the site. "'It was part of a chain and had been built about fifteen years earlier. "'It served southern-style meals, mostly fried chicken, throughout the day. "'Eventually it closed and the building sat vacant for a couple of years. "'I thought we might get another back. You can't have too many.' "'But the dentist came along, demolished the restaurant.' and built what he calls the Dental Depot. He keeps it open six days a week, but he's never there. Two young dentists, recently joined by a third, run the place, while the owner concentrates on building more depots. The chain already stretches from Phoenix to Dallas and Tulsa. The corner where I'm stopped was first settled by White's during the Oklahoma land run of 1889, and though it's only a half a mile from the center of town, It was at the city limits until about 1940. Since then, it has gone from farmland through a complete cycle of construction and demolition. It is now well into the second cycle. This kind of churning bothers me because I retain the childish assumption that the world is permanent. I know better. But habits die hard. Right now, in the minute while I'm waiting for the light to change, I'm struck by something else. Something that has never occurred to me. It is that everything I see has been built to make money. This is like realizing that baseball involves bases and basketball involves baskets. In elementary school, I delivered 282 newspapers twice a week, folded into hatchets and tossed to lie near front doors. The newspapers formed a tiny fragment of my neighborhood landscape. They were my own bit of blight, thrown there because I wanted to make money. I never thought of it, but I knew it as fish no water. Now, 60 years later, I look for exceptions. Clearly, the city did not pave the streets and install the new traffic lights to make money. On the other hand, these things exist primarily to help the town's residents get to or from town's businesses. Indirectly, the lights and streets exist largely for money. I think of the town's residential neighborhoods. Years ago, one of the builders told me that he stayed small because he couldn't build more than a 100 homes annually without sacrificing quality. Now he's up to almost 500 a year. In fact, he's now on the list of the top 100 builders in the country. More power to him, but he's sacrificed quality. We could be polite and say that quality was trumped by the builder's competitive spirit, but the measure of that spirit is his bank account. The developers of the town's commercial space are mostly from out of town. I remember the architect for a chain restaurant who came by to check a new location. It was on the edge of a small lake. Somebody suggested that he modify the restaurant's layout so customers could see the water. No way, he said. He had to be at his next site by Thursday. Someone might object that this is a college town and that the college is by far the town's biggest employer. True, but the sorry response is that under a rhetorical veneer, Oxford and all that, the students are here, and their parents certainly are paying for them to be here, To learn to make money.